What is happening, guys? Welcome to Triage Podcast, episode eight. I had to hesitate there; I wasn't sure. But happy new year to you all! First day of twenty eighteen. New year, new me, all that. And with that in mind, I appreciate that a lot of you listening to this maybe toward the beginner end of the spectrum um, when it comes to fitness and health and all that stuff. Um, and also, some of you might be trainers who train beginners. So, what we want to do is kind of allow this podcast to be a bit of a resource for you on like your first day, first week, first month in the gym to get the ball rolling with your New Year's resolutions and all that. So, do you want to talk about that, Patty, or would you rather talk about, I don't know, politics or. Oh, if we could talk about stuff. politics, oh, that'd be good crack. Like, uh, no, no, yeah, it makes sense to talk about, you know, starting off in the gym. You know, it is, this is probably what a lot of people are doing. They're setting their New Year's resolutions. It's, it's a bit of an awkward one this year because January 1st was a Monday. So, so generally you think, you think all oh, people would be raring to go, but then you have to take into account that it's New Year's the night before. So probably a few fucking, you know, heavy heads this morning getting up. So most people probably didn't start their New Year's resolution. And this is what I think we should start on with this whole topic is people having that mindset that I should start on a Monday. I have to start on a Monday because that like the, the actual starting, the actual act of starting your transformation, your journey, whatever the fuck you want to call it, you know, that is oftentimes the hardest thing for people, you know, actually like they aim, they aim, they aim, but they never actually shoot, you know, they never actually pull the trigger and get the work done. So a lot of people fall before the race has even begun. You know, it's not the first hurdle that gets that they kind of get over. They can't even start the race. So, what are we doing to kind of prevent that? Do do we have to have this all or nothing? Oh, if I'm not all in, if I don't start on a Monday, if it's not perfect, if whatever, like what? How, like, is that the mentality that we should have, or surely not? Like, hell no. Like a lot of the time, like what you'll see with that Monday mindset is that like. If you have a Monday mindset where Monday is where you start things and Monday is where you're most motivated, then what happens on Friday, Saturday, Sunday? You're much more likely to fall off the wagon or start being a little bit disinterested in your goals and things like that because you know that come Monday, you're going to be motivated again. And that's kind of something we want to like not to happen. Like every day is 24 hours and each of those 24 hours is an opportunity for you to move towards your goal. And if some for if for some reason you're more gravitated towards your goal on a monday versus other days like that's a bit of a problem so we need to kind of make this a daily thing that doesn't mean you have to train daily or anything like that but it means that that goal has to be kind of at the forefront of your mind every day and one of the things i kind of do with clients sometimes and it's funny because they freak out like everyone thinks of a training week as being all right i'm training five days therefore i have five training days within the one week and I do like the same work workout on a Monday or whatever. But sometimes I'll give people like three or four training days and I'm like, yeah, but I want you to train five days per week. So we're going to rotate those three or four days in a cycle. And then they're like, oh, what? How, do, how does this work? It's like it doesn't fit that whole I do this on Monday to this on Tuesday and all that because people like to think of things in weeks with start points and end points. And what we would probably be more proponents of would be actually just thinking of, right, each day is an opportunity to move toward your goal or move away from it and probably want to move towards it. Yeah, no, that's 100% in line with my thoughts, Gary. It's like you can read my mind. It's too easy. You know? <laughs> it, is, it literally is too easy. You're actually just one person there at the moment. Um, 
but yeah a lot of people do fall down with that kind of mindset that i have to start on a monday because what happens then is thursday rolls around they fuck up you know they're they, they had a dinner that they they had to go to you know lunch didn't go to plan and then it's oh well friday oh, fuck, i fuck i'm not gonna start restart again on a friday so fuck it look we're gonna go all out eat the cake eat the whatever you know saturday rolls around and they're already got that little bit of boredom because they're not as they probably have a monday to friday job so saturday is a bit off because it's already mm, you know they don't have as much structure so they fuck that up again then sunday they fuck up again so they're like oh i'll just start again on monday so if you have the mindset that you can only start on a monday that's that that cycle is just going to repeat itself you know you're going to fuck up on a tuesday and then the whole week is ruined you know so you do have to get out of that and then realize that okay you fucked up like the the place that most people are going to mess up is with their meals with their nutrition you know Mm -hmm. or feel rather that they've messed up so what you just have to take it is okay i messed up that meal i overate i ate food that i i know i shouldn't be eating it doesn't fit with my overall plan whatever it is realize that you had that one meal if you take on average most people are having three meals per day seven days per week that's 21 meals who gives a fuck that you fucked up one meal that's one meal out of 21 you've 20 others to have the opportunity to get right so don't focus on that minutia that oh yeah mm. one meal i messed it up like it's irrelevant in the grand scheme of things yes ideally it would all be perfect but like we don't live in an ideal world you know so you do what you can do and then you get straight back on track if you do mess up especially like people people will mess up lunch you know, they're in work or something and, you know, they, they leave their lunch at home or they, they had a pre-packed lunch or they go out and they, or whatever, they normally get, you know, I know, a pitta, fucking whatever, a wrap or something. They're like, oh, this fits in my plan. But they were all out of wraps in the shop or the queue was huge and they had to go somewhere else. They had to just grab something like a packet of crisps or something. Their whole day is ruined now because they couldn't get what they had planned to get, you know, rather than just thinking, okay, yeah, that meal wasn't perfect. I'm just going to get straight back on track as soon as the opportunity presents itself. So that all or nothing mentality where unless you're 100% on track, you're off track, doesn't serve anybody. And this is not in nutrition because we kind of we talk about nutrition a lot because yeah. it is pretty much the foundation. But it's also with, you know, your training. Like if you go, okay, I have a new training plan, you know, like Gary was saying there, you know, it's five days per week. You know, it doesn't mean like, okay, yeah, wow, you messed up. You didn't you didn't get to get the chance to go to the gym on a Monday. That doesn't mean you can only train chest on a Monday. No, no, know, no, like, no, no. Chest is, is for Mondays, Paddy. That's that's the rules. I train legs on a Monday. <laughs> Same. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, yeah, so like you like you have to think of it in the grand scheme of things, like the actual days themselves are arbitrary. You know, your body doesn't necessarily understand a week you know now to some extent that's not true it does but your body is just understanding these days and these days are randomly grouped in an order that you've predefined or rather the society is predefined that doesn't mean the structure of your diet the structure of your training plan has to adhere to that like i know a lot of people do kind of they, they, they do what you were saying there, Gary, where it's like, oh, Monday is this day, Tuesday is this day, thir- Wednesday is off, we'll say, Thursday is this day, Friday is this day, and they train specific muscle groups on those days, and it's, it's always that way. And then they feel that guilt if they miss that day. They're like, oh, well, I can't, I can't swap it now. You know, I can't do chest on Tuesday. I can't train legs if they are training legs, you know. So 
is there any way we can kind of combat that or is it just kind of going in our own minds just forgetting about that all or nothing mindset forgetting about that you know weekly adherence to a specific day mindset i think like one thing that is nice to do is put like some of your favorite workouts towards the end of the week is a pretty effective one just because i think everyone likes to do their hardest workout on like monday and they'll absolutely crush it and then they might have a good tuesday and wednesday but then come the weekend they're kind of like oh actually i just kind of want to you know get it done everyone everyone leaves legs till thursday or friday because they're like oh i don't really want to do it and then they kind of half arse it and they're like oh it's done yes no i can't wait till monday because i can do chest again uh, so i think put some of your favorite workouts towards the end of the week and also make sure that you're actually kind of like tracking your training because if you have like a log book that you're tracking in then you're far less likely to kind of just slack off toward the end of the week because you know you have numbers that you need to beat um, so that's a useful thing to do. And especially when it comes to nutrition, it's very important that you actually try and plan and try to keep habits together at the weekend. Because one of the big problems of the weekend is that people don't have their normal school routine, college routine, work routine. Um, and as a result, they kind of lose the structure that generally that their meal times are predicated upon, you know? So you don't need to prep meals if you're just sitting at home watching Netflix all day and sitting at home watching Netflix all day tends to come with certain types of foods that generally aren't chicken breasts and salads, you know? Um, So I would plan in advance and try and have some sort of schedule at the weekends or on your days off. Um, But that's about as much as you can do from a practical standpoint. Like I think a big part of it is just ditching that mindset of, Mondays are important, Saturdays are not, because to be honest, I would be more so inclined to look for a good Saturday versus a good Monday, because anyone can have a good Monday. Yeah, there's another thing you can also do, which is is quite practical. You know, if you know your adherence does kind of follow that cyclical pattern where, you know, oh, it's great, you start off Monday, great, Tuesday, good wednesday good you know thursday oh maybe it's a hit or miss one friday mm, maybe drinks after work after college who's on what's got what's the crack like and then saturday and sunday you know it's a bit off track if you want like it's 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 bad but it's also good in terms of doing it. Like we always do it unintentionally but semi-intentionally with our clients like we always get them to check in on the weekends yeah. you know so they've already completed that week completed whatever um so they check in and they're marking their adherence, you know, at the end of that week. Mm-hmm. So you can you can do that to yourself. Like you, if you know Saturday and Sunday always fuck you up, you know, you could go on Monday morning. That could be the day you do your check in with yourself. Mm-hmm. If you're just, you know, training yourself, you can have, OK, you don't really care about any weight lows or anything like that during the week it's the Monday way in that you care about the most. Monday is the day you do your check-in pictures or Sunday. It doesn't really matter, but as long as it's keeping you more adherent, like if you always go out on the piss on a Saturday night and then you're taking your progress pictures on a Saturday morning, you know, it's not reflecting what, what that Saturday night is doing to you. Like if you notice, okay, yeah, look, I fucked up on the Saturday night, but I have an entire week to cure that. You know, by the next time you take your pictures on whatever Saturday morning again, you're, you've almost undone the damage you did every Saturday night. So you're kind of like, oh, well, I, I seem to be on track. My pictures, I think maybe mm, the weight wasn't really, you know, it, it's kind of all over the place. But if you can have like, say, a Monday weigh in where the week is fully done and you're essentially just assessing how that week went on, then that can really keep you 
more adherent. It's a little cruel because, yeah. you know, you're, you're putting everything, you're staking everything on that one day. And, you know, if you do happen to have a bad Saturday or Sunday, like not, it's not something that happens regularly, then it does kind of throw off your feeling of accomplishment and your progress. But if you are struggling with adherence, you know, in that kind of cyclical weekly pattern, it, it can be beneficial. It's a bit of a negative one, but it does work. Yeah, I agree. And I think even just scaling it back even one step further, because I, I suppose with with that advice, we're assuming that people are actually checking in with themselves and reviewing each week. And I suppose if you're not doing that, that is something you should start doing. Because I think a lot of people just follow programs really loosely, kind of try and make some effort with nutrition and kind of hope that things move in the right direction, as opposed to actually reviewing and saying, okay, what can I actually assess objectively here? to see if I'm making progress. And then if I'm not making progress, what wh- what's accounting for that? Like, why not? What did I do wrong? So like, if you're just kind of going through each week and not reviewing, then that's obviously a big problem. So start doing that if you are not doing that already. Um, but from that, let's let's talk about beginners, okay? Peep. Yeah, no, I actually think what we, what we need to talk about is let's actually just set someone up, okay, cool. right? Because you know, a lot of people are going to come in and go, oh, geez, what the fuck are they talking about? You know, I, I haven't encountered any of these problems yeah. yet. So they don't they don't think it'll be there. You know, that's not going to be an issue for them. You know, they're going to have it magically perfect the first time they do it, you know. So we've got a beginner. They're not start. They didn't start today is the Monday, Monday the 1st. So they didn't start today. Okay, they're, they're starting tomorrow, say. They're starting on a Tuesday. What the fuck? They've got their, their new runners, their new gym outfits. They look real cute in the gym, you know. Um, they, 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 they paid for a new gym membership. They, they fell for the trap of, you know, sign that signing up fee, whatever, you know. They, they're all bought in, or so they think. What, what are we doing? How are we making 2018 different how are we actually getting them to adhere to the program long term how are we like what are the main things someone should be looking at focusing on you know if we're going to presume you have a basic understanding of diet because we've talked about that a good bit you know we'll probably mention it a few times but if you haven't just listened to the rest of our podcast we've, we've covered it we've done it to death okay so so what are we doing newbie they're starting tomorrow tuesday what's okay. the crack firstly let's let's kind of let's set the scene with a person and i'm gonna let's just say right this is our average client okay so someone that wants to lose a bit of fat look a bit better feel a bit better but they're not overly concerned with any sort of like they're not powerlifters they're not bodybuilders they want to look good feel good enjoy their training and have that as a supplement to a good life like enhance their life all right so that's our kind of context okay so where are we starting firstly like what do you want we've kind of covered that you know we've, we've established that you want to lose a bit of body fat you want to feel better look better you know have some sort of Thing that you are proud of your performance or whatever it is um so i suppose we would be generally i suppose biased towards weight training like i think weight training has a lot of benefits for a lot of things and i think it's a good kind of foundation of a program that you are actually trying to get stronger that you're trying to build a bit of muscle mass that you are trying to kind of improve your performance in some way because having muscle is pretty good from both a health and an aesthetic perspective um, and people tend to enjoy that um yeah. Also, the actual training involved in gaining muscle is yeah. beneficial 
from a health exactly. perspective, you know, the actually contracting muscles, like if you've, yeah, the actual contractions themselves, you know, is beneficial from a health perspective. Anyway, yeah. continue, yeah, sorry no. for interrupting. So rude. <laughs> You're right. Um, it's not just the outcomes, it's actually the process as well that is healthful. Um, but like, I, I think when it comes to a very ge- like general population person with a loose goal like that, I think it's nice to have a combination of your strength training your cardiovascular exercise and some some form of mobility work um and that's probably something i've included in programs more often recently um and i suppose like stretching in and of itself for what a lot of people would use it for would probably go against my own biases but i think one of the things i like to do is put stretching at the end of a program just because it allows you some time to allow your heart rate to come down you know, allow some of that pain in your muscles to go away um, and allow you to leave the gym feeling a bit better, feeling a bit kind of looser and you walk out of the gym feeling better than when you came in, which is what I want for all my clients. I don't want them leaving as if they're just absolutely dead and they hate the gym and never want to go back again. So that's kind of a nice little additive. So there are kind of three three pillars, I suppose, some cardiovascular exercise, some weight training and some stretching or mobility work. Um, but weight training is kind of the base. Okay. So we're going to say, all right, if you've never trained before, you probably don't need more than three or four days of weight training. You could even get away with less, but I am mindful that you are starting 2018 with this, you know, big dose of transient motivation and you want to go to the gym more than twice a week. So that's fair enough. So we start off with about three or four days of weight training. And then our next thing to kind of think about is, all right, are we covering all of the major muscle groups? And if it's a female, we're probably going to bias maybe the lower body, the glutes a little bit more in it like if that is their goal it generally is okay we can assume that i know we shouldn't assume but i'm going i'm going to generally our clients will say something along those lines anyway very few girls come and say i want massive pecs you know it just doesn't really happen that often speak about your own clients mine are always like i want to come in here i want half you know 20 inch arms that that actually is actually a common goal with girls like to get more toned arms or whatever um but then guy no, 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 no! Huge, massive, <laughs> veiny arms, um, and then and then guys That's probably biased want. more so towards you know your your chest development, shoulders, arms, that kind of thing. Um, but we're still trying to cover everything. So where would we start then, Paddy? How would you, if we've got weight training and we're doing three or four days a week, we're trying to cover all the muscle groups. How would you split that up for a beginner? I know there's no set way of doing it, but I think there are better ways. You know. Well, like if they're a rank beginner, like the majority of this program is actually just going to be feeling things out, you know, like you, like you actually, like, well, I, whenever I start with a client, I'm always, I I consistently tell them that it needs to be a two way street. They need to communicate. Like I physically cannot feel what they can feel. You know, even if they send me videos on WhatsApp or whatever, you know, I can look at that and Obviously, I know what an exercise should look like. I know what these key things I'm looking for. But it actually all, none of that matters in comparison to what they actually feel. You know, they might technically have the most perfect squat, say, and we're trying to use that squat to build some some quads. And if they're just not feeling it in the quads, they just feel it's all spine, you know, then something needs to change. So a lot of the program for a beginner is going to be feeling things out. You know, you actually need to, do some movements, see where you're at. Obviously, there's better ways to do things and there's right and wrong ways. I hate saying that there is right and wrong ways because there's just different ways um, of doing certain movements. But you essentially have to make a few mistakes 
to understand what's going on. You know, you actually have to do a few exercises. Having said that, like that doesn't actually help someone start. If I was training someone a complete rank new beginner, they've just started the year and maybe they want to train five days a week, I'm going to start them on three days yep. per week. You know, like <clears> I'm, I'm just going to start them on that. And that's I mean, three days per week resistance training. We can add in some cardiovascular training on other days. That's perfectly fine in my opinion. You know, probably coming to this whole training stuff with a lower level of you know, cardiovascular fitness, especially if you're coming off, you know, just sitting on the couch all day, you know, they're probably coming to this with a lower level of baseline fitness. So getting that up is actually going to facilitate better recovery, better health, etc. all the stuff we're actually looking for. But if I was just getting them to train three days a week, like I wouldn't be thinking of any of this like advanced periodization stuff. I wouldn't be thinking of any, you know, optimal stimulation of muscle protein synthesis because if you're going from zero, you don't need to go from zero to a, a hundred, you know, straight away. Like going from zero to 10 is going to get you a ridiculous amount of results. So I would just start them off. I'd probably... Like so, some people do like to start people like beginners off on full body resistance training programs. And that's definitely somewhere you could potentially go. I actually like to start people off on more of a body part split. You know, I might, might do like say, you know, legs, a push day and a pull day. And that's purely just so I can get a bit more variety in the exercises and also get them to kind of, you know, connect better with a movement. You know, it, it's kind of hard to build a connection with a muscle, with a movement if you are constantly training it in different movements throughout the week. Like if I, I spend 10 minutes building a connection with your lats, like your back muscles, and we only do one exercise doing that, you know, the chances are the next time, the chances are the next time you come to that, you know, you're not, you're not going to, we'll, we'll have to build that connection back up again. Whereas if we've got that in one training session, we can continue that for the rest of the training session. So I like to have more of a body part split, you know, and I would actually start off on the lower volume range. I wouldn't be going all out. I probably wouldn't be going towards failure, although this is going to be hard for a newbie to kind of feel out because they're not failing because of muscular failure. They're failing because of technical failure. Like they actually just don't know how to do the movements. You know, they're, they're just like they, their nervous system doesn't know how to do the movements. They're kind of shaking all over the place. They're not actually, you know, a lot of stuff is going on that isn't actually task, taxing the muscular system. Like they say the first six weeks of training is generally nervous or neurological adaptations. So you're essentially learning how to lift because a lot of people do forget that, that, you know, lifting is a skill and you're going to have to learn how to effectively do it. So that's how I'm starting them off. What are your thoughts? Yeah, no, I agree. And I think, I think that's actually a good point. Like I think the full body split often gets a lot of kind of, it's, it's often recommended for beginners. I generally... I can't remember the last time I gave someone a, a full body split, to be honest. Um, I just think it's a bit messy, you know, because even like from a practical practical standpoint that you probably wouldn't think about very often, like even the clothes people wear to go to the gym. Like let's say you're going doing your leg workout, you know, some guys or girls or whatever will just go and wear, with the, wear their shorts or they'll have specific shoes that they like to train. Whoa, 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 mate. I am never wearing shorts. You don't have you seen these guys like <laughs> But you know, you know, you know what I mean. Like some, like you, you kind of have maybe certain equipment or whatever it is, and that you're going to the gym with. Um, yeah. And it's just, it's just nice to say, like, all right, I'm doing lower body today. Let, let's get in and get that done. Um, but also, I think there's the point that as a beginner, you're going to have a lot of soreness. Look, even if you do one working set, you're probably going to have a lot of DOMS. And can we uh, DOMS? Sorry, delayed onset muscle soreness for anyone that's unaware. Um, 
Wait, so if it's immediate, is it rapid onset? <laughs> yeah, ROMs, bro. ROMs. <laughs> Never go full of ROMs. Um, what was I going to say? <laughs> but yeah, like, you know, even if you're doing a full body split, let's say you do a squat on a Monday and you plan on doing deadlifts on a Wednesday as part of your full body split or whatever, you're probably still going to be very sore after Mondays. So it's kind, of, it's kind of a bit messy. So I like either, like you said, maybe a body part split or an upper lower is another nice one. Um, especially for, especially mm. for my, for female beginners, because generally they don't like push days. You know, it's, it's kind of, that's a generalization. Some, some girls love training mm. chest and, and, and shoulders. Some don't at all. Um, so an upper lower or a, a body part split, like you said, um, but yeah, I would lar- largely agree with that. Um, I did well when I say largely. I- yeah, like my, my, my girlfriend only started started lifting this year as you well. Have a girlfriend and she. What the hell? You never doing... even told me. No, I'm. Oh shit! You're there sitting with your girlfriend. Look, she's smiling <laughs> at me now. Look at this. What the fuck? Stop smiling at him. Stop smiling at him. This is this is 2018. You're not allowed to do that. Like, come on. Anybody. <laughs> um, yeah, but she only started in the gym this year. So what we did with her is she actually has two lower body days and then one upper body day because, you know, she wants to get better at that predominantly. So I'd 100% agree, you know, if you have a body part or rather, especially for females, if you're looking to prioritize a body part, you know, you can do that more often. I, I'm hesitant to say it for guys because guys are, I, I am a guy, obviously, but guys are a bit stupid and they'll just go, oh yeah, uh, Paddy said uh, I can uh, prioritize a body part. So I'm training <laughs> chest and arms uh, twice per week, <laughs> you know, uh, so, uh, I'm going to prioritize that. And that, like females do the same thing, you know, they do train like glutes, like 14, 20 <laughs> times a week. And you're like, what, like, what are you doing? But uh at least they like they tra- tend to train in you know more of a, an, an isolation type way, whereas guys come in and just throw themselves on the bench press, you know, yeah, yeah, proper. And then they're coming in like two years down the line, going, "Oh, my shoulders are fucked up. I'm internally rotated to fuck," you know. Whereas girl, like females coming in, they're kind of like, "Oh yeah, I work my glutes out every day," you know. And it's like, okay, well that didn't do <laughs> a huge amount of harm to you. You're probably already anteriorly pelvically tilted, you know. So it actually <laughs> probably benefited you. You know, so I'm not too not too out there with you know recommending women to kind of go. Okay, you can train more frequently with the lower body. Also, women kind of seem to recover yeah. better with more frequency as well. But that's a, a story for an, another day. Um, right. So they've got it sorted. They're in. They're training three times a week, maybe four. Would you recommend more? No, I, like I wouldn't I, I wouldn't have someone that is a, a raw beginner like train more than four days a week unless it's a cardiovascular session or we're doing some very easy sessions or they say look Gary I need the gym it is my thing it's for my mental health or whatever it makes me feel good I'm like all right look that's cool let's do that but generally I'm going to be more encouraging something other than another hard weight training session but yeah generally no more than four for a raw beginner I would agree I, I would I would agree with about four days kind of being the max cut off, and that's not to say that, yeah. that that applies for everyone. Like some people might be able to get away with six, especially if you're coming from a training background. Like we're obviously taking this as oh rank beginner, but like you could have trained, I know, 
football, ga, hurling or something for your entire life and you've only been inactive the last two years or something. So you actually do, even though you don't feel like it now, you do actually have a good kind of yeah. base coming into this. So, you know, potentially you could train more. Even at that, I probably still would go with the four days per week. Also, just from a kind of structuring your week and an adherence kind of point of view, you know, four days a week starting out is much easier to get to, you know, and actually accomplish than, you know, six days per week. You know, Mm -hmm. going from zero to six is a big jump. You know, you actually have to structure a lot of your life around, like restructure it all the way around. Like, like I train six days per week, you know, I had been doing four resistance training and then two um, cardiovascular days, but now it's kind of four or six resistance training and kind of cardiovascular work at the end of it, you know, a little bit lower volume in my sessions. Um, But even at that, like it's kind of hard to adhere to. And this is kind of not really, but it's kind of my job, you know, and like, say for example, like there's little things that you don't think about when, structuring this like monday to friday like we said kind of easy to stay on track with things you know the gym opens at the same time but what happens on a saturday or sunday when you plan on going the gym's open a little bit later you know there's more people there perhaps you know you're waiting around for equipment that hour-long session is now two hours long you know so you do have to take all that kind of stuff into account when you are structuring your training program okay so we've got we've settled we've convinced them three to four days they're in doing some resistance work are we going all out supersets drop sets you know mega death sets whatever the fuck like how are we structuring the training what's going on i'm gonna gonna say right we'll start off with with kind of how many exercises you're going to do because i think that's probably an important one so i suppose let's say you're doing like now if you're doing a push pull legs like you kind of said a push workout for people who are unaware is typically chest shoulders triceps a pull workout is back biceps you can throw traps in there but i just call them back um and then you got your legs so that's obviously your quads your hamstrings your glutes and obviously a million sets of calves because calves um <laughs> um so yeah generally like you you want to pick about two or three exercises per body part but it doesn't always mean you have to just do all like you know i need three shoulder exercises because sometimes your shoulders are going to be hit as part of your back and your chest exercises um so i think pick two or three exercises per body part so for example let's say we're talking about chest we could pick a base exercise like your bench press then you could pick maybe a secondary pressing exercise like a machine press or a dumbbell press or whatever it is and then you could finish off with some flies and I think once you've set out your exercises, then what you want to think about doing is, all right, how many sets do I actually need to do? And like as a beginner, you do not need a lot of volume. And like if we were in a perfect world and we had you for personal training and we could ensure that you your set was 100% well executed, then I'd be... I'd be happy to say that you could actually do one working set and make awesome progress. But with our clients, keeping in mind that they're online and keeping in mind that a lot of you probably don't have personal trainers, it probably is better for you to do two or three working sets just because when you do that first set, you know, you're kind of like, you correct yourself. You give yourself the opportunity to say, oh, you know, I could have done that better. That didn't actually feel that good. And then a lot of beginners will actually say their second set is their best set. Because you've kind of felt it out, you get some potentiation effects and different nervous system effects, and you get a bit more blood in the muscle, and then you're kind of ready to perform in that second set. And then that third set, you're kind of refining your technique and getting a bit more of a muscular stimulus again. So I would start with 
two to three sets for two to three exercises. Do you think that's fair enough? Yeah, a hundred percent. Like in your in your total session, like presuming we're doing that kind of legs push pull type routine, like in your total session as a beginner, like like I wouldn't be doing no more way. than nine exercises. You know, properly like not like you see a lot of people and they'll, they'll see these kind of you know magazine workouts and it'll be like okay well you know we have to work every single aspect of the chest so we'll start out with bench press then we'll move to you know i don't know fucking dips or something then we'll move to chest press then we'll move to inclined bench press and then we'll move to inclined dumbbells then we'll move to inclined flies and then we'll move to cable flies you know and then we'll do a set of push-ups to absolute failure and you're like okay like that's that's cool you know that's probably going to get someone results it's going to get the majority of people no results <laughs> and just pain you know that's yeah like so you don't need to be doing like well i always think of it like if you did four perfectly executed sets in a workout you know your total workout you would be giving yourself a very powerful stimulus for growth you know now obviously we're taking into account you're a beginner so to an extent anything is going to work like if you're going from zero to something you know you're going to get some adaptation to that what i think a lot of beginners kind of focus on too much is their feelings okay and i don't mean to be any you know oh woo woo hippie type stuff i mean they want to feel like they've pushed themselves in the gym they want to feel exhausted walking out of the gym because you know that's what they've been told you know what it should feel like you see all these you know memes of like oh if you don't walk out of a a leg session crippled you know you didn't train hard enough and like it's it's not right you know so as a beginner especially coming into the gym having done nothing beforehand you are going to you know not have the neuromuscular ability to actually do these exercises so you're actually coming at a disadvantage but you have to go through that to actually be able to do these exercises you know so you actually have to learn to lift and that should be rather than focusing on you know how much did i sweat how many calories did i burn whatever you should be focusing on actually learning to do these movements actually learning to get the most out of these movements you know like i honestly don't care if if a beginner came to me and four weeks later we're still using the exact same weight like what we're going to see is well hopefully we're going to see as an increase in their form their ability to actually recruit the muscles we're trying to recruit and you know their actual ability to train you know so that's what you're building initially and they say it takes roughly six weeks but you know that for some people that come from whatever base they have you know they might be quicker some people it might be longer but it's going to take you some time to actually learn to do the movements you know so that should be your focus if you're starting out now you're going okay i'm doing these movements forget about these crazy drop sets forget about these crazy supersets Forget about, you know, all crippling yourself or whatever. You know, you just want to learn these movements. You actually just want to learn how to activate your muscles. You know, if you're doing a leg exercise uh, or a chest exercise or a back exercise or whatever, you know, the first thing you need to do is actually understand where that is supposed to be targeting. You know, what are, what is that? why is that exercise there? What is it supposed to accomplish? After you've done that exercise, what are you supposed to feel, you know? Or while you're doing the exercise, where are you supposed to feel it? Once you understand that, then you can work on actually feeling it in the target muscles when you're training them, because that should be the goal. It should be there for a reason. The, or sorry, the exercise should be there for a reason, and you should be able to actually execute that reason. You know, so that that should be your goal 
initially as you're starting out, you know, actually learn to lift. I agree. And I think from there, like where we're going really is going to talk a little bit about reps and a little bit about, but before we get to that, what I want you, what I want you guys to kind of think about is like, we posted this on our social media or our Instagram earlier in the week is the, the RPP, the rate of perceived perfection. And that sounds a bit intimidating when you say it like that. And it's like, Oh God, is this going to be some complex thing? But look, all we want you to do is rate your set out of 10. Okay, give yourself a rating out of 10 as to how you feel your technique was on that lift. Even better, if you can get a video and compare that to a video of, I don't know, some tutorial you saw on YouTube, then that's a really good way of actually starting to learn the exercise Um, because you're not only relying on your feelings, you're relying on how the exercise actually looks from a third person perspective as well. So give yourself a rating out of 10 and see, okay, that was a 6 out of 10, then obviously I'm not going to add weight. It was a 7 out of 10, not adding weight. And see if you can get to a 10 out of 10 or your perception of a 10 out of 10 before you actually add weight, okay? And that is something that is standardized within all of the rep ranges. It's irrelevant. Like some people will say things like, oh, it's okay because I was doing a one rep max, so it's okay that my back was completely rounded and it was, you know, my form is terrible because it was a one rep max. And then it's like, oh, so you're going to base all your percentages off a lift that you couldn't do well. But anyway, that's for another time. Um, yeah, like 100%. And like what you're saying there is something that even advanced yes. lifters struggle with, you know, actually being able to evaluate their technique. And sometimes it does just take someone else's eye looking at that to kind of go, okay, this is where you're going wrong. You know, like a lot of people are fearful of recording their training you know they don't want to be the one or i don't want to like i do have to have a, a tripod with me and you know whip it out and you know set it up like literally every phone well most phones these days have a camera facility you literally just turn it on record yourself doing a lift reevaluate, look at it and go okay yeah look there you know my foot was out of position there that's the reason or i thought i had the bar perfectly centered on my back while i was doing squats and it's actually off to my right you know i probably should fix that and advanced lifters do this so if you think as a beginner you're going in like oh no i'm going to be the weirdo you know whatever recording myself and you know looking at myself no one else has yep. to see that video it's just for you you know you can look at it and go oh, okay so that's that's what's going wrong but even advanced lifters will do this look at their sets and go that's where i was going wrong that's what needs to change and if they are unable to see what's going wrong they just ask people like in the in the militia like we have lots of people putting in videos and stuff going oh well you know what's what's my technique like here i'm feeling this or you know this this feels good do i continue progressing is this the correct intensity that kind of stuff you know so there are resources out there that you can ask like you could like you could upload a video to instagram you know and tag all your fitspos in it you know, the majority of them will probably respond to it and go, okay, yeah, look, you probably need to change this, you know, whatever. Like if you want, you can like message people, like direct message them and ask them for their critique on it. Now, obviously like I wouldn't be just pestering everyone to do that because obviously their time is valuable, but you know, there are resources out there. If you're stuck at, you know, a weight that you want to progress on and exercise, you're just not feeling it where you should be feeling or where you think you should be feeling it. Like there are people out there that are willing to help, you know, like even ask people in the gym, you know, you see the big guy and he's squatting fucking 20 plates aside or whatever, you know, and you're going, look, you know, is my squat form looking good? Like nine out of 10 times, like I will come over and go, yeah, like I'll, I'll help you here. You're actually doing this a little bit wrong. Probably need to do this. And this is the thing that a lot of 
beginners are fearful of and it's and like social media doesn't help it to an extent like people are afraid of gym regulars you know like all these newbies coming into the gym and they're afraid to ask questions and like you see people kind of making fun of them you know regular gym goers kind of going oh can't wait for the the january gym rush blah 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 all these newbies doing you know stupid exercises it's like well everyone was there at one stage you know just fucking go over and say hello you know sorry you're actually doing this wrong you know you could actually do better for doing by doing this you know like so don't be you know slagging people that are trying to better themselves you know you should actually probably go over and help them if you are a regular gym goer you know like it takes two minutes for you to go oh here look man you probably want to do this you know this is probably a safer way for you to do it it's a more effective way for you to do it this will help you in your overall journey like most people will be receptive to that yeah you're going to get some some dickheads that are like oh i'm doing it my way even though they've never set foot in a gym you know so don't be afraid to do that but at the other end of the scale if you are a beginner like don't be afraid to ask someone who is a regular you know can you actually just you know give me a few pointers on this exercise i see you're doing something similar you know am i doing it right you know so like there is that there has to be that interplay between the new people and then like the new brigade and the old brigade yep. agreed <clears throat> and also just remember that like even a lot of the people that are quite egotistical in the gym that are four years into their training are still probably doing a lot of things wrong so <laughs> you know no one's perfect uh, man yeah like even us and we're like train professionals like sometimes you get like pick up a little tip or a trick or here and you're like i can't believe i didn't think of that like that's actually not revolutionary but it does kind of train change your paradigm and like the more you get into the training the more you kind of think about these things the more you realize like the more your your thought process evolves you know so like don't be afraid either side you know if you're you know you've been in the game 20 years like don't be afraid to ask someone that might have more knowledge of this than you like especially if you're starting out like just fucking ask people it takes like two seconds to go oh, i'm just not sure you know that's how you actually learn like yeah there is there is that component where you actually have to do it but the majority of your learning experience you know use other people who have been there you know save yourself the time yep right so far we have told you how many exercises you're doing, how many sets you're doing. We've told you that technique is the big priority. And then we're going to mention a little bit about repetition ranges. And this isn't something you need to get overly bogged down on. But where I would start for most people with beginners, somewhere in between that 6 to 12 rep range or 8 to 12 rep range. 6 to 12 is probably a nice one. Um, so that's giving you a nice kind of blend of, you know, some more strength-focused work, which also has the benefit of, you know, giving you the chance to learn the movement with lower reps as opposed to tiring you out, tiring your cardiovascular system out, challenging your bracing quite a bit with doing like 12 rep squats or 12 rep deadlifts. So for your heavier lifts, maybe your first exercise, you might work in that six to eight rep range on your bench presses, your squats, your deadlifts, maybe your shoulder presses, um, those kind of heavier compound movements. And then what you can do from there is progress towards some more 10 to 12 rep range work throughout the rest of your session. Um, and that's just a very general good starting point for people. And like if you stay in within there in there for a couple of months, you're going to make a lot of progress because you're going to be able to improve your technique. You're going to add weight relatively regularly. And then once you kind of start to hit maybe a couple of plateaus or you get a bit bored, then maybe you can do some more five rep work or maybe you want to do some 15 to 20 rep leg extensions or leg presses because you just want a bit of pain in your life and that's completely okay. <laughs> um, so yeah, that six to 12 rep range is a nice place to, to be. Would you agree? 
Yeah, 100%. I'd probably even just stick to the lower rep range yeah. as you learn the exercise. Like that kind of six to eight rep range is probably where, you know, the majority of your sets should be, you know, especially as you're learning the movements. Like you're, you don't want to be getting like challenging your overall ability to breathe, yeah. you know, on a set of 12 uh, squats, say, you know, like that. you don't want that to be li- your limiting factor when you're kind of just learning the movement. So I kind of like starting beginners off on a, on a lower rep range, yeah. like, not too low, but a lower end of the hypertrophy spectrum and that kind of six to eight rep range. Um, yeah. That's where I'd start most people just purely so they can learn the movements. And this also uh, begs the question, you know, should beginners only be focusing on compound lifts? You know, I would, I would be of the opinion that, you know, they should do a variety of lifts, you know, learn as much and as many movements as possible and kind of just build a connection a general you know general physical preparedness you know actually be able to connect with their body and move but there is that line of thought where it's like oh you just do only the compound movements for the first two years of your lifting career yeah, that's going to get you the best results flawed, to be honest like, i just think that's a bit of one of these like romantic biases that advanced lifters have because they're like oh yeah you know squats give me the best return on investments but like Squats don't give a beginner a great return on investment for their quads if they don't know how to do them because the majority of what's happening is, oh, Jesus, my back feels desperate. Oh, God, I'm trying to worry about my bracing. Oh, I'm so out of breath. You know, all these different things. And they're like, my quads? What are my quads? I don't even know what they should feel like. So having something like a leg extension in the program Mm -hmm. is an awesome addition because it actually gives the person the chance to, to feel what it feels like for a muscle to work because there's very little else that can actually compensate. Because when you're a beginner, your nervous system is going to be primed to find the easiest way for you to move that weight from A to B. It's as simple as that. And that might be your hips jumping back up. It might be your heels raising up, whatever it is. Um, And so while it's important to actually learn those movements and focus on them as the base of your training, it's still important to actually include isolation exercises because it enhances your brain's perception of that muscle group your brain's ability to recruit that muscle group and your understanding of what that muscle should actually feel like and where it is and what a muscle contraction feels like um so i would think that's pretty important and to be honest i think the same goes for all lifters i think isolation exercises get a very very hard time from people who just seem to be very reductionistic in their like thoughts about weight training like if you think about a leg extension and you think about, all right, I want bigger quads, then why are people so romantic about the squat when a leg extension is the only exercise that trains quads only and can very often have an, uh, what was I going to say? A very good resistance profile in terms of challenging the quads throughout, throughout most of the range and applying a lot of tension in the, in the very strong portion of the range at about 90 or 60 degrees of knee flexion and, as we move up, then it gets a bit easier. But anyway, that's that's for another time. So I would say a blend of compound and isolation exercise is going to give you the best return on investment. Um, so don't, I know you're going to see a lot of infographics on Instagram that are going to be like, oh, just do compound lifts and focus on gaining strength. And this is from advanced lifters who maybe haven't actually trained beginners. Because I think when you train beginners, you begin to realize that there's actually a lot more to it than just telling people to go and squat because they don't get a lot from it. Would you agree? I would 100% oh, agree, baby. Gary. You have such a way with words. So. All right, so people, they understand now, okay, I've set up my program. I've got a few 
I'm, I'm sticking to a few kind of core lifts, but I'm not having any romanticized view on a particular lift. I'm just kind of learning to do a few movements. I'm kind of sticking to the lower rep range. I'm doing maybe six to nine exercises total in a workout and that's you know spread across different body parts like say for legs for example i'm doing three exercises for quads three exercises for hamstrings two exercises for glutes and one exercise for calves and that would be on the kind of higher end of the volume range you know so we'll just say that's what we're doing they want to start off they want to feel a bit of pain they want to feel like they're working hard so they've done you know they've picked nine total sets okay so they've done that they're sticking to the lower rep range what else are we thinking about i'm thinking yes getting that logbook set up because this is where a lot of people they fail to actually acknowledge that it is a thing they just kind of think oh i've set the perfect plan in place and just by virtue of being on the perfect plan i'm going to get results you know so what's the value of this logbook like can they not just remember what their workout is why do they have to write it down or, most people know, can barely remember what they had for breakfast okay <laughs> we we live in a society where people are have there's a massive lack of self-awareness so i think people will often gravitate towards what like seems like the best idea at the time as opposed to actually being objective so if you do nine if you do like six to nine exercises or whatever you're doing you're probably not going to remember how much weight you lifted on every set how it felt how many reps you got on every set so the best thing you can do is actually buy yourself a little notebook for a couple of euros write out your workout and log the weights that you do this the number of sets that you did how many reps you got on each set and also you can note down, you know, your RPP, your rate of perceived perfection, that rating out of 10 for how your technique was. Because if you look back then the following week and you say, okay, I got four sets of 12 at 60 kilos and they were all the 10 out of 10, then you know now that it's time to maybe jump up to 65 kilos or whatever because you've earned that right to progress. But if you don't track anything and the week before you actually – you know, your technique was crap on the last set and you fail the rep range and you just think back and you're like, oh yeah, I did 60 last week. So um, I'm going to do 65 now. That's what a lot of people do. And they don't actually, they fail to recall the fact that you didn't actually do that well. And you see this a lot with even advanced trainees who start programs and they'll say, oh, I added 30 kilos to my squat in like eight weeks. And what actually happened throughout those eight weeks was they started week one with absolutely impeccable technique and with each week (laughs) technique got progressively worse tempo got progressively less controlled and they just started moving the way from a to b and counted as a pr when in fact it wasn't a pr at all it was more so a regression of their ability to actually lift well so yeah the logbook absolutely essential um especially if you're someone that is quite forgetful (laughs) and if you want to optimize your results you're better off to just track things And 100%, I think a lot of people do fail to actually get results, not by virtue of being on, there's nothing wrong with their plan. Their plan could be the most optimal, perfect plan, but the fact that they're not actually tracking their plan, like they're not, they're not seeing, like, they're like, oh, you know, leg extensions, Gary said something about, you know, my quads should be working on those, but they're just going through the motion on leg extension, you know, just, just by virtue of using an exercise or going on a machine that works a muscle group, just going through the motions on that machine isn't going to get you results you actually have to challenge the muscle you know you actually have to do the exercise correctly to elicit the adaptation that you want you know so you know using your logbook to kind of keep track of that and go i was using this weight for this i got this many reps and it felt like this is invaluable 
to actually ensuring you get results. And like you could, like a lot of people can get away with just, you know, you know, just going to the gym, training to failure all the time and progressing that way. But there comes a time where that just stops. Like you're, okay, I, I think I hit 12 reps last week on this exercise. You know, I got 11 this time, but it felt heavier. So, you know, is that progress? You know, so you, you like, you actually have to keep a log of how many reps you're getting, what you're actually doing in the gym because you won't be able to keep track of what's working and what's not working unless yep, you know what you are agree. actually doing um and with that i think we've covered most things the only other thing i would add is is that whole failure thing one of the things beginners will always try and do is just train to complete failure because you want to get as many reps as as possible and also when you've got the logbook you want to write down the, the highest number obviously but what you guys have to remember is that like what we're more what we're more so concerned with is the total amount of reps that we actually end up getting or the total amount of quality reps rather so if you do like three working sets maybe you will get 15 if you go all out to failure on the first set but then the second set you might only get 12 and then the last set you might only get six so you ended up getting a total of what it whatever however many reps whereas what was it like 30 30 36 and that is the same in practice as you going ahead and doing i counted that wrong 33 there we go never mind 33 reps whereas if you actually had said all right i'm going to do my three sets of 12 sure on the first set you might have had two or three left in the tank on the second set you might have had one or two left in the tank and then on that last set you're kind of one rep away from complete failure but overall you got 36 quality reps there versus the kind of really really difficult borderline quality sets that you would have got had you went to failure and completely fatigued yourself so focus on the total amount of reps that you're getting and the the actual quality of those reps as opposed to pushing all the way to failure but as a general recommendation you can kind of you should probably be somewhere between one to one to three reps away from what you feel is the most amount of reps you can do because a lot of the time what you perceive to be the most amount of reps you can do is actually either very far under what you can actually do or very far over but it's still kind of good to have some sort of idea um but over time i do think it's good for people to maybe test how many total reps they can actually do so going all the way to failure just so you can feel what it's like to actually get the most out of your set because a lot of people will do like sets of 10 with a, a weight they could probably do 20 reps with and there was actually a recent study that came out like in novice trainees where they were told to do their 10 rep max or whatever, or, or told to rate their 10 rep max. And when it came to actually testing it, there was a significant portion of the group that were able to do over 20 reps with that weight. So like, you know, a lot of people are very poor at like rating their effort that they're putting in and things like that. So staying a couple of reps shy of failure, pretty good place to be, I think. Yeah, hundred percent, and that also is where the logbook comes in. Like, if you're like, "Oh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm constantly looking for some sort of progression, whether it's more weight on the bar, more control, more better tempo adherence, you know, more reps, whatever it is." If you're actually logging all that stuff, you'll be in a much better position to actually understand what your body is capable of. If you're just doing the same same weight for the same reps, the same sets, like you're not going to change. Yes, that might initially cause some adaptations as you learn the lift, but there'll come a stage where you just can't get any more adaptations with that. You're not challenging the body, you know. 
so you do have to progress it. So th- like this is the thing that we should actually probably talk about this, you know, progressive overload. As a newbie, you'll come into the gym and you'll hear people, you'll read all these things and people are going, oh, progressive overload, progressive overload. And we, we've touched on it, but what you actually want to do is progressively overload the tension on your muscles, you know. So that's not just adding weight to the bar because people can get obsessed with that. What you actually want to do is add more tension to the muscles. Adding weight to the bar is one way to actually accomplish that. But if you add weight to the bar and your technique just goes to shit as a result, then you aren't actually progressively overloading the muscles. So you do want to be aware of that when you are looking to progress. You want to constantly be thinking, am I actually progressing you know, my muscular ability? Like, am I actually putting more attention on my muscle or am I just getting more efficient or, you know, cheating the reps, you know, bouncing them off the chest a bit on the bench press, you know, cutting the depth on your squat, you know, this kind of stuff. So you actually have to be aware of that. I completely agree. I think progressive overload is one of those things that's been really butchered, like by a lot of people, especially last year and probably the year before, because it kind of, everyone got into this mindset of, I have to beat the logbook. So everyone was kind of doing all that they could to beat the number they did the week before. And what you have to realize is that progressively overloading and like getting stronger and lifting more weight is something that happens over a long period of time. So if you have the goal of getting in and adding five kilos to your squat every week, then what that would mean is that over the course of the 52 weeks of the year, you're going to add like what, 260 kilos to your squat? Who's on? Like... (laughs) Some fucking ridiculous. Like yeah, let's, let's do it. Like, be too I easy. Love, like six, so like what you'd be more squat. so looking at is like two, two to four kilos monthly. Like, would be a good return on investment. Like, you know, like if you could, if you could turn around at the end of the year and say you added like twenty five kilos to your squat, you'd be like, that is awesome progress. Like that is, that would be like if I could add twenty five kilos to my squat this year, I'd be like in. So just. Yeah, like the, the kind of rule that I always go by is you want to be progressing weekly with a, a 1 to 2.5% rate of progression, okay? And that's good because it's, it's almost like logarithmically scaled in terms of, you know, the, the bigger yeah. the number is, the kind of the less the progression is, if that makes sense, you know? Um, <clears throat> so it also kind of accounts for those smaller muscle groups. You know, say you're doing dumbbell lateral raises, you know, a lot of people go, oh, a progressive overload so you know i'm using 20s for this now and it's like like there's no way there's no way you're actually doing that like you see like competitive strong men and like they're not doing that with that, that kind of weight with that kind of actual tension on the muscles you know you might see them throwing the weights around and that's essentially what people are doing you know but that's not actually taxing the muscular system so you know that kind of takes into account oh well i've been stuck at the same weight five kilos for these dumbbell lateral raises for the last six, seven, eight weeks, you know, that's, that's cool. As long as you're progressively putting more tension on the muscles and actually getting more out of each of those reps, you know, that that's perfectly fine. But also it kind of gives you a barometer. You know, if you're, if you're looking at, Oh, I only need to progress 1% on a lift week to week in my training plan. You know, if you're lifting hundred kilos, like that's, that's one kilo, like that would be, you know, four, four kilos, well, less than four kilos, uh, or sorry, slightly more than four kilos um, in a month, which would be an amazing rate of progress. You know, so like that's that's kind of 
what we're looking for, you know, but obviously that doesn't happen and it's not going to be consistent throughout the, the whole year. You know, there's going to be times where, okay, training gains are just coming, you know, hard and fast. You know, this year you put 100 kilos onto your squat. That's cool, you know, but that doesn't mean that it's going to be like that forever. So, you know, a kind of 1% to 2.5% progression is a good rate of progression, you know. And that's, that, that's roughly what I would be looking for, especially in a beginner. You know, as yeah, you get more advanced, that's obviously going to drop off. One more thing to add to that is that, progressive overload is not just adding weight to the bar like it can also be adding a rep here and there or maybe adding an extra set here and there but that's more of a long-term thing um shortening your rest periods improving your technique controlling the tempo a bit more all of these things are means of progressive overload it's not just about short-term adding weight to the bar because all of those things that i listed can contribute to you lifting more weight over time so don't just jump to you know it, it it being more weight on the bar all the time um so yeah i think that covers kind of a lot of at least weight training like what would you in terms of in terms of cardiovascular exercise if you're going to add some in it's probably good for most people to start with some sort of aerobic based work um because that's going to kind of form the foundation of your kind of general health and general like recovery capabilities between sets between sessions and things like that um so when it comes to that like maybe three sessions a week is of, of of around the 30 minute mark is going to be a good starting point for people at around a conversational pace and a conversational pace basically just means that you can kind of just about st- still hold a conversation when you're doing that cardio but you couldn't like sing a song or you know go to that sort of it go to that sort of intensity with your vocalization um so it, it kind of gives you some rough idea if you are tracking like somewhere around 70 percent of your max heart rate or vo2 max or whatever is kind of a, a good place to be that'll be around 140 beats per minute or 130 beats per minute for most people um and that's just basically putting you in a nice little sweet spot there where you're not going to be overly fatigued but you're still going to get some robust kind of cardiovascular benefits um would you agree with that Yeah, 100%. Like, I would get people, ideally, I would have everyone doing some yeah. cardio. And, like, that kind of 30 to 90 minutes is a good kind of, you know, baseline. And you'll see a lot of people kind of argue that, oh, well, you can do 15 minutes of high-intensity interval training. And it's just completely fucking bullshit. Like, the adaptations that you're getting from aerobic training are not the same ones that you are getting from high-intensity interval training, despite what people will tell you. Like, it's not, it, like, it is not the same adaptations. Like, you're, what you're looking for with aerobic training is that uh, eccentric left ventric- yeah. ventricular, so your actual heart, you know, hypertrophy. Like, you actually want eccentrically to actually catch that load. And you just cannot, like, your heart is beating too fast with the, the high-intensity interval training to actually load that left ventricle, you know? So, well eccentrically at least you know and that's that's where the magic happens you know that's that's where you're actually getting the adaptations you know like that's not to say that doing high intensity interval training doesn't have its place like it does but you'll see all the studies they do show that well not all the studies but the the studies that people use to validate their things and show oh well you know it does this and it causes this increase in you know what adaptations and they go all about the mitochondria and everything but all of that is not the adaptations we're actually looking for we're actually looking for a particular adaptation when we bring in cardio it's just like resistance training we're looking for a specific adaptation 
you know, and when we bring in cardio, especially for, you know, general population, we're mainly looking for either an increase in the strength of the heart or an increase in that left ventricle, yeah. you know, uh, eccentric overload. So that that's what we're actually looking for when we do cardio. So you'll see people go, oh, yeah, do your high intensity interval training. It burns more fat. But this is just not what we actually want and like sure i can i could come up here and like like obviously i study biochemistry and i could come up with the biggest load of bullshit ever to you know validate that and say you know you do some low intensity aerobic training and you will be in a fat burning zone and you will actually burn more fat you know but like even that is it's retarded because you know your body will regulate itself like yes you will be burning more fat when you were in that kind of aerobic that lower intensity thing like you're not tapping into that those glycolytic enzymes and stuff that are breaking down carbohydrates but you're still like it's as if like people kind of view it as if it's like an all or nothing kind of principle where you know oh jesus christ like you do aerobic work and it's fat burning and then you do anaerobic work and it's it's pure you know uh, carbohydrate burning like it's just that's not the way it works like if you have free-floating glucose around the cell around the body you know you, you think it's just going to ignore that fuel for something else you know of course not so like you do have to take that into account that aerobic work is where the majority of your cardiovascular training should yes. be also it's a lot easier on the body you know people going on doing like do four sessions of high intensity interval training like man i was doing sprints today after legs which is probably not a good idea but it's what i do anyway <laughs> and and fuck me like it destroys you like and i was only doing a minute of sprints you know and then three minutes of recovery you know and i only did five total sets and people are doing proper they're, they're doing high intensity interval training and they're doing like i don't know fucking 30 seconds all out and then only 30 seconds recovery and they're doing this you know four or five days per week and man fucking imagine going all out like proper balls to the wall all out 30 seconds and only giving your body 30 seconds for recovery and then thinking you're going to be perfectly cool you know have no nagging injuries no you know nothing going on like you have to be so good at exercising for that to be the case you know, you have to actually earn the right to be able to do that high intensity work. You know, like like you wouldn't go in and just go, oh yeah, we're going to hit ninety percent of your one rep max, and then we're going to do it with yeah. again and again and again with you know no recovery. Obviously, you wouldn't do that. People think, yeah, think that's think, cool when you I do think it. The whole thirty second on, thirty seconds on, or work. off, or one minute, one minute, whatever, is kind of nice for people for making aerobic exercise a bit more like novel and fun but what you've realized is that you know if you are doing 30 seconds on 30 seconds off and you're not feeling like you hate yourself then it's it's just kind of more difficult aerobic work like you're not going 100 percent. like no one is going 100 but see that's 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 the thing as well like you're you're, you're getting half the time you're past this like anaerobic yeah. threshold and then you're not actually getting the aerobic adaptations that you want so like you're actually getting like, you think you're doing better but you're actually getting worse results than if yeah. you would just kept it, you know, lighter and so It's just not a nice place to be. So if you're so if you're if like. you're doing any ro- any aerobic work, you need to have a much longer rest period, um, especially if your work re- work period is that long. But anyway, we were that's irrelevant for you guys because you're beginners and you don't need to be worrying about that just yet. That can come down the line if you really want to get some robust cardio whatever benefits. Um, but for now. 
the militia. Yeah, man, if you if you want to know about if you want to know about all those adaptations and all that stuff, just join the militia. Yeah, like I literally have about four articles that'll probably drop this week and next week. Can we, you know, ready we to have go like a on all that cardiovascular. Oh, you're right, I love cardio. Man, I literally have about I have my whiteboard over there. I can't see it; it's so dark. But too easy. Yeah, man. There's about twenty four so more articles. Join to the come militia. But anyway. Is that it? What's the crack? Are beginners ready? I think that's it. Uh, Like, well, we could obviously go into lifestyle and stuff, but I think we've actually covered that a good bit as well. You know, the lifestyle stuff is more about just planning, you know, actually structuring your days in a way that's going to facilitate you actually getting to the gym and actually you know making progress you know if you say oh i'm going to change my entire life around and i'm going to start getting up at 4 a.m in the morning and going to the gym at 6 a.m before work after i've cooked my meals for the day and you know i'm going to go you know whatever i know for a run in the evening (laughs) and then have a kale shake afterwards like that's just not going to happen like so you have to actually be realistic with your your structure of your week so that you can actually adhere to your plan. This is why, again, we would start people off with, you know, three to four days in the gym. You know, it's much easier to adhere to. It's much easier to actually stick to that. And you don't need to change your life around too much while you're also changing around your diet. You're also probably changing around your your social circle as well. You know, so I would 100%, you know, stick to the lower end of the training days, but then also not make these rid- ridiculous you know, oh, I'm going to get up at 4 a.m. type deals with yourself, you know. Other than that, the lifestyle side of things and just yes, sleep sir. more, you know, and stress less. Note, are we done? Are we saying bye? No, you, you have to stay here and talk. talk to you have to stay here and talk to me. I, for the next I'm, day, my right? mother's cooking roast beef for us. I'm dying to go downstairs and oh, scoff that oh, shit. yes. Oh, I'm gonna binge so hard! Like I'm literally gonna eat a whole binge on it? five kilos of roast beef. <laughs> oh, I'd love that. That's disgusting, Gary. But I'm in. Um, have you any parting words for our good listeners? You know, any little nuggets that you would like people? Anything coming up? on the horizon that you'd like to tell people about, you know, anything in the next week or two weeks that you're kind of, you're thinking about oh. doing or perhaps you are <laughs> doing joking. that people should um, know. Join the militia, save yourself, you know, save yourself from uh, the grasp of cardiovascular disease 50 years down the line by joining the triage militia and becoming an absolutely sick, empowered person. The guy that everyone asks questions to because of how empowered you are by the triage militia but anyway <laughs> other than that me and potentially paddy we don't know yet we'll be speaking in cork on the 11th of january uh, at lift fest that's in aid of samaritans and it's just going to be a brief little thing it's only a couple of hours but there's us and a couple of others speaking at that event um it's for charity i think tickets are like 15 euro or something it's pretty cheap um but yeah, get involved in that. That's in Cork. Cork. And where is that? You can find that. I'll actually, I'll link that in my story Cork, there. Bye. Or actually, this won't be up today. 
Man, if you send me a link for it, I, I figured it out. I will link I it in the description box of this. You weren't able to do it then, you know. Um, but yeah, we're going to... Unable you to do whatever the fuck I need to so do. So we're going to be doing that. Call me out like that again, Other than that, right? <laughs> um, we're just going to be dropping absolutely fire content on all social media platforms as we always do, you know, in case you're not already aware of that. The, do we? What, Instagram, what social media platforms? What like what? Like, Instagram, do you have names for them? Method, people skinny guys, Patty underscore Farrell underscore. Then we've got Facebook. We're actually doing a good bit of Facebook again these days. Drop some fire articles this week. Some of them are getting some like a lot of likes, a lot of attention, a lot of tagging friends and all that stuff. So you better be getting involved in that. Um, and yeah, other than that, like. We're just in the triage militia dropping absolute bombs all of the time. Like, so, you know, you, if you want to get involved and stop listening to our podcast and just understand everything, triage militia is the place to be. Yeah. Also, I was looking at all the stats for our podcast and man, we are worldwide, you know, it's people in like Saudi Arabia and everything, Australia, you know, North, North America, oh, you know, Canada. I want, the, I want us know. to be. There's no Russia yet. We're Russia. gonna get. Look, we're gonna I crack Russia. Don't worry, guys. Um, <laughs> yes, previous. Oh, we do a podcast. <laughs> we do a podcast all in Russian. <laughs> <laughs> I reckon we actually do that, and then just you know, alienate our entire base. Um. Um. But yeah. So yeah, I don't I'm think there's anything else we can talk so about. Sick of you know, I'm actually kind of sick stage. of listening to you. And well, it's, like, oh, yeah. it's actually good though because I can't actually see you. It's really dark on your side, so this is good. Um, and so no, a no parting words. New Year's resolutions and all that shit. Please have a resolution that does not involve fitness. That's always a good thing. Um, go on, I'll let you speak. So because oh, I think I was I've just said about it about a million times. Scumbag. Is that it? Well, that's what that's what I was just about to say. I was like, you know, if you are making resolutions, like just you know, actually set some life goals rather than just some physique goals, because you actually want to you know facilitate your growth as a human rather than just you know a Hopefully. physical being. Like there are other aspects to you, or at least I'd hope there are other aspects to you. You know, if you you know if you didn't read a book in 2017, like you know, make that a goal to read at least one book you know, in 2018 or download something like audible or, you know, there, I'm sure there's other apps. I just use audible, you know, and listen to some books, you know, easy enough to do, but you know, you want to be progressing in all aspects of your life. Like if you, if there was some negativity in 2017 that you needed to leave behind, you know, what can you do in 2018 so that you are a more positive and live a better life you know so that's what you should be thinking about rather than just going oh you know uh, how many reps and sets should i do in the gym like yeah cool that's something that you should be you know looking at and working on but uh overall you want to be progressing as a human I'm whispering to gary stop whispering over there laura duan you know because you just told me not to focus on my fitness so i'm trying to focus on my girlfriend okay Whoa, 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 let's just take a step back here. Are you, by saying my, no. are you claiming ownership? This is 2018. No, not at all. You are all. claiming ownership there. That's disgusting. You think you she own is. her. She's a strong, independent woman. Team Laura. I can't hear you. 
All right, let's let's. Yeah. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right. Right. Thanks very much for listening, here. everyone. Is it still on? Recording. Goodbye. Goodbye. It's goodbye.